Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. What up, everyone? This is Father Nathan and Father Michael. Greetings. I don't remember the last time we podcast. Feels like it was longer ago than it probably was. Oh, wait, I do remember it, because we recorded, and then a few weeks after that, the um, Father John and Mike slam on Father Nathan came out. Now I remember. Oh, see, no, no, you, you've slammed back since then, I think. I don't think so. No? No, okay. we just we just uh, laid down a mic drop with the uh, <laughs> Openness to the Infinite podcast. Uh, okay. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, boys, you know, anytime. Anytime. I'm actually going to see them in San Francisco here in about uh, 24 hours. Nice. So, um, so that's, I guess, the first news. Uh, we would ask, as the podcast family... Your prayers uh, for our good friend, uh, Father Raymond Garonsky, um, SJ Jesuit. Um, he is, um, well, he has terminal cancer. It's public. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure, like, people have heard. Um, and uh, he just needs our prayers. So, Father John, Father Mike, and myself will be out in California uh, seeing him and, and praying for him. So, um, yeah, just ask everyone in listener land to. Uh, yeah, implore God's uh, favor upon him. He's kind of the spiritual father of all of us companions. And well, I mean, we talked about him so many times yeah, in here. They know he was even on once. I remember I listened to that. Oh, one. that's right. Wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, with Anthony Lillis. Yeah, exactly. Doctor Anthony Lillis. Right, right. Um. So, anyways, um. Yeah. So please keep him in your prayers. Um. He is uh, a really good friend and and father to us all. So we are uh, kind of in the throes of. Um, yeah, just in learning to embrace the cross, which is never easy. No. So. And preparing to mourn. That's an interesting concept. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, um, yeah, sorry to start off with like kind of a, a slam. Yeah. I might have Becca like edit all this out. <laughs> so sad. Ah. Um, well, but, this will come out during Holy Week. So. That's right. So get in the mood, people. It would be kind of sad anyway. That's right. Instead of putting on Barry White, we're putting on a little, <laughs> putting on a little sad podcast to get you in the mood. Um, so I'm going to see Father Mike and Father John, so I'm super jacked for that. So take a picture, and we'll cut and paste a, my face in there. Exactly. My mug and say <laughs> we were all together. That's right. It was great. <laughs> yeah, we should make, we should make a mug out of those, out of the picture we took for the five-year podcast. Yeah. You know? And sell it. We'll I, see. I got a lot of interesting comments on Facebook. I mostly positive. Mostly. Mostly. Almost all. Yeah. Like well, we got like ninety eight comments on Facebook from that. Yeah, photo. but what was the what was the negative ones? The one making fun of John's jacket. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember. It that. really wasn't negative, but we just that like ragging on him that for wasn't it. Fair. <laughs> I was in a Patagonia. We made it negative. Whatever. <laughs> all right. Classic. So, um, yeah, I have totally lost my train of thought. So we are preparing for Holy Week. This is going to come out on Holy Thursday. Yes. Is that right? So yes. the Triduum. Um, I was uh, teaching RCIA given the last session, which honestly, it's like you're getting ready to strap people into a roller coaster that you're not sure that they're going to like survive. Hmm. But uh, they all want to do it, and I, they've all signed the waivers. So right. 
that I mean, I'm really proud of all of them. So they might become Catholic, kicking and screaming, but at least they'll become Catholic. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, they don't fully know what's going to happen. They're like, you know, <laughs> like they want to go on this roller coaster, and mm-hmm. I'm like, are you sure? And they're like, yes. And so uh, here we go. You got to be this tall to ride this ride. That's so. how I felt going into my subdiaconate ordination, and that's like. That doesn't change almost anything subdiaconate, but there was, so I kind of went into it preparing myself spiritually for the ordination by trying to kind of psych myself up and and trying to realize what a big deal this actually is because it didn't feel like a very big deal. Mm -hmm. And that's the image I got in prayer was that you're kind of standing on the edge of a cliff and I can't see what's on the other side. I can't see the bottom. There's a fog or clouds, whatever, halfway down and I can't see where I'm going to land, but I want to jump. Like I, that's what, that's what ordination is, yeah. is, is the call. And I said, well, if, if Jesus wants me to jump, then I'm going to do it. Or I'm going to ask that he kick my butt and, you know, send me soaring, you know, what, what, whatever it might be. I want, I, I want to participate in something that, that Christ has promised me is good. And the fact that I can't see the bottom, I don't know all the particulars of how this is going to work. Just imagine getting married, just imagine having children, just imagine getting ordained a priest, whatever it might be. There's something beautiful to the the awe of the unknown. Like the fact that I can't see the bottom actually makes me more excited that I can't prepare and that I have to rely on the spirit for whatever's going to happen. And uh, I, I hope those who are coming into the church on Easter, I hope they, they understand what that's in a sense that, that they're going into an uncontrolled, unknown, awe-filled yeah. reality of now participating in the life of the Trinity in whatever form that is yeah. and how, uh, how, you know, fearful in a good way that should be yeah that's mystery that's great you're leaping into mystery exactly the um uh yeah because you even think about like the roller coaster itself and like you may look at it from afar and like hear people screaming but like until you're like actually (laughs) in the chair until you're actually in the chair and like you you've you've never ridden this before and you don't know how it's going to feel like they have those different roller coasters where sometimes you're like going through and you go upside down sometimes they go backwards sometimes they just drop out and you feel like you're just free falling right um so that's going to be their life i don't know if the easter vigil is going to be that awesome um well i don't think i don't know awesome is a word that uh, father goronsky hates because everybody says that's awesome for everything. Like I had this burrito; it was awesome. It's like really only God is awesome, um, and it's not because Father uh, Garonsky loves that you know awesome God song, <laughs> right? Our I'm God, guessing he doesn't. God, he reigns. Anyways, um, so yeah, good luck. I, I love the image of the roller coaster where you can see it from a distance. You can hear screaming, and you're like, "Oh, those screams will be mine one day." Yeah, and then you're on it, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. new guys in the back puking but his guts out. <laughs> yeah, so it's that's actually a perfect uh, seg. Uh, is segway. it segue? Yeah, I I don't want to use that word segue because apparently I like wearing leather chaps riding a segue <laughs> around Rome. Okay. You do listen to their own body. Oh, I do listen. Oh, I listen, baby. I do too. I do too. Those guys are those guys are great. I love them. Yeah, it was. It's them. really funny too because Father Sean, uh, my pastor here at St. Francis Cabrini, does the same thing, where he'll like tell people things. Like he he got them all convinced that I was when I was going away for a couple weeks that I was actually going to boot camp uh, to become a, a, a Navy chaplain, and they were like, "How was boot camp?" And I'm like, "What." And then the other day, somebody came up to me and was like, how's your new dog? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's just making stuff up. 
<laughs> just loves because they're they're all just you know they love little tidbits, little tidbits. Um, what was I doing? Segway, you were segway. Segway, yes, thank chaps. you. I'm sorry, <laughs> leather chaps, neon helmets. Um, so actually, what we're what we're going to be doing is just anticipating Holy Week and uh, giving you some tips, some helpful tips on how to enter into Holy Week. Um, I gave this talk in part to my RCIA people, so they're going to be like, we've already heard this. We've heard this. And then they can just like skip forward to the shout-outs. Well, I'll be the color commentary, so maybe there's something that they haven't heard yet. Ex- well, that's true. That's yeah. true. And maybe they'll actually learn something this time, because maybe I maybe <laughs> I missed something huge. Um, so I just have three points. Um, honestly, if you have any other, if you have any other advice... Um, for how to enter a Holy Week, you know. Jump. Yeah, disclaimer, I didn't know the topic or that he was going to do this ahead of time, which is one of the beauties of the Catholic Sub podcast. So that's right. Uh, any uh, any insights from the Byzantine corner will be welcome to off church. The cuff. Welcome to church hacker. Yeah. Um, have you seen those Russian videos where it's that guy that's just like, hello, welcome to my videos. I'm going to show you some life hacks. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh, he's so funny. <laughs> Sounds funny. Yeah. Anyway, he's pretty good. So these are liturgy hacks, um, like how to enter into the liturgy with a little more, like the Holy Week liturgy with a li- with a little more, um, just points to to pay attention to. I guess the first thing is um, we are going to be watching Jesus's action really for the next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. Do you guys read the Passion narrative like um, like on Palm Sunday, or do you do you no. do the same thing like we do, like where you do parts and no. wave banners and stuff? No, we hear about the woman with the ointment that anoints his feet, oh. and then the Palm Sunday entrance. I we love hear those one. two stories on Palm Sunday. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. Um, so we do we do the whole drama, you know, piece. Um, so we read the passion the the passion drama where you have Christ, crowd, pilot, mm. voice, uh, whoever, and so. And sometimes we are entering as spectators into this into this arena, into this um, scene. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess the first attitude that we have to come with is one of reverence and gratitude. Um, this is what Christ is doing. It's not about me. A lot of times in Lent, it becomes about me. A lot of times in the other parts of the church here, it's about what am I going to get for Christmas? What, uh, what am I going to get for my birthday? What can I pray for? Um, in this, it's about salvation mm. at gmail.com. Try it. See what happens. <laughs> Somebody knows that I just gave out his email. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, um, it's about, it's about our salvation and it's about Christ winning our salvation. So I think the, the reverence that we have to have is for this mystery reverence for the, the mysterious unfolding of all of these events. Mm. How is it that, you know, Christ somehow knew like from all of time that he was going to do this for us and willingly gives himself for us. And it's not like he has to run around. Like I have to, like right now I'm planning our Easter vigil party and I have to order a caterer. I have to pick Mm -hmm. a menu. I have to do a quote, you know, all those things. Jesus didn't have to do that. Somehow he, he knew that everything was going to work out and, and even prompted people maybe behind the scenes, like, Hey, if ever I need a place, you know, to celebrate with my disciples, would you mind, you know, hosting? And, you know, then he calls upon this person. I don't know. I don't get it. But Jesus is actually doing all of these things. Jesus is the one washing the feet. Jesus is the one giving the instructions through the uh, kind of the last chapters of John, the 
uh, Last Supper discourse. Mm. Jesus is the one like giving the Passover, offering himself, and then it's just following Jesus. He's got a GoPro, and we're just like walking with him. Along for the ride. Yeah. And so when we're doing that, I think the first thing is just a beautiful reverence for you know him, for his person, for the actions that he's doing, for the words that he's saying, for the people that he's gathered around himself, and then gratitude. And the gratitude is, you know, often we kind of hear about this a lot. It's certainly essential to the Christian life, but mm-hmm. it's an attitude of grace wherein everything is gift. Everything that Jesus is going to be doing, saying, being for us is gift. Um, and what we what we do in these Holy Week liturgies is just allow him to do that. Allow him to give us the gift. Allow him to give himself um, for us. And um, uh, Father Joseph Lejoie reminded me, we were talking last night, and in one of the, in one of the uh, stories of Jesus entering into Jerusalem, he has two colts. He has two animals. And I've always kind of thought that was funny. It's like Jesus is like, you know, Barnum and Bailey, like riding, <laughs> riding on two horses, like, you know, spinning plates or something like that. But uh, that's a nuptial image that mm-hmm. when you would go to the bride, um, you, you would go and seek the bride and you would bring two horses because she's going to ride next to you so that he can take her back to the place that he's prepared for her in his father's house. Huh. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. And that's gift that, that I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to be anything. And I could actually be kind of uh, poor, humble. Uh, like not even know what's going on. I just happen to wander into the into the like Jerusalem. And be like, what's this all about? Yeah, and it brought you a donkey. Brought you a donkey. Don't worry about anything. Yeah. So yeah. reverence and gratitude. Amen. Thoughts. Yes, there is. There is an interesting transition because I think Lent altogether is a time of where we're supposed to be having an urgency in our own effort. So we, we you know, we're, we're praying, we're fasting, we're almsgiving, we're doing all these things that, that take our own effort. And by this point in Lent, we, we have kind of realized that our own efforts are not going to bring us what we need. What we need is salvation. And by this time, we've realized that we do need salvation. We don't just need, oh, I need to be a little better at not smoking. Or I need a little better at not eating so much chocolate or waking right. up on one snooze. Like we've realized those things, the, the things that we actually put effort into are not helpful for what we know that we need, which is salvation. So by the time we get to Holy Week, we've kind of given up hope in our own efforts and that's when we start to observe. So on the in the Byzantine tradition of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, our matins is called bridegroom matins. And you mm. we take the place in the morning prayer service of the bridesmaids who are waiting with the oil. And it really – it is – we've moved from our own effort to just exactly what you said, Father Nathan, this waiting, this observing, this, this allowing Christ, the real work to be done by Christ. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of what the Sabbath is, right? I mean the Sabbath rest is we rest to let God work. On Sunday, the Christian Sabbath, we rest and let God do the work of rising from the dead and, and welcoming us into that reality. So especially the the first part of, of Great and Holy Week is when we are in the place of the bridesmaids uh, um, preparing with oil that hopefully our, our efforts during the Great Fast have allowed us to have a bit of oil, in other, in other words, of uh, uh, the way of the ability to welcome Christ in, the ability to receive the gift that he's going to give us. 
and to have enough of that so that when we observe the coming of the bridegroom, we recognize him, we're prepared for him, but he's the one doing the real work. But there is this this gratitude that comes from, I tried to fix myself and it didn't work. So now I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm allowing, I'm going to open myself up to you fixing me because I cannot do this. I'm powerless. So I'm going to have you do it. And then I love the image of the bridegroom where it just seems like patient, waiting, understanding with the hope that Christ is going to give us the gift. And therefore, even during Holy Week, we are in a position of becoming receivers, but we're also in a position of of having the hope that we'll receive what we need. And therefore, there's already a gratitude even before the gift happens. Yeah. So there's this immense paradox of the Christian life, but it kind of works itself out in the microcosm of, of Great and Holy Week. Yeah, and the the gratitude comes from knowing that you know it there's no there's no question about the outcome right but every single year it feels like um he better rise hmm. you know like um and you you know when once you get involved in liturgy like celebrating liturgies preparing for liturgies whatever some of the uh some of the surprise isn't as much because right. like you were the one that had to point it, put out the flowers and you know fill up the bas- baptismal tub right. you know all that stuff but um I don't know, like, there really is a sense, until until those words are spoken, it's not a reality Yeah, for me. And when I hear the Gloria, when I hear the Gloria on Easter Vigil and the lights come on, because <clears throat> that's when they should come on, for another time, um, uh, I just, there's, it, there's just a sense where um, all is right in the world. Yeah. And... Um, it doesn't weigh in the balance, so I already am preparing to to receive the gift. But since it's grace, it's not by my own efforts. It's not by own mer- my own merits. If I didn't keep my Holy Week uh, Lenten promises, he's still gonna rise, you know. And I'm like, uh, thank you, yeah, you know. And, and there, I think there's something beautiful about when I'm, when I was in seminary, my scripture professor used to explain that. You can like we here we are in class sitting in a classroom in seminary studies and we are we're reading the scriptures we're, we're we're you know doing exegesis we're you know doing hermeneutics we're doing all these things for the scriptures but he would say to us you know you're studying it now but you're gonna experience it only when it's done liturgically yeah so don't think that just because you yeah. analyze the scriptures here in class that somehow. You're going, you, you know, you know them now. You mm-hmm. don't know them until you receive them in the liturgy, because that's God is more present in the liturgy than He is elsewhere. So you can you can analyze the scriptures here, and you need to do that as a scholar. But everybody, everybody, even if they can't afford school, even if they're not called to seminary studies, everybody's going to experience the Word of God in a different way when it's done liturgically. So even as priests and as you know ministers in the church, we might prepare everything for that, but we are truly, if we open ourselves up to it, going to experience it in a new and even a better way, I would say, when it's, when it's presented liturgically and God is present in the context of the Mass, the Divine Liturgy, that way. It should be different, it should be better, and it should be, we should stand in awe of it because it is new, because the liturgy is always new. Yeah. What's the first words of the Divine Liturgy of St. John Chrysostom that let us stand? Blessed right. is the kingdom. Or? Blessed is the kingdom. And then th- don't they say something very soon after that? Let us stand aright. Oh, so that that is that is in the middle. So that's right at the beginning of the anaphora. Let us yeah. stand aright. Let us stand in awe. Let us be attentive to offer the holy anaphora or the offering or the consecration in peace. Yeah, and it's just focus. Focus on yeah. what's, what's happening, you know. Um, and that's kind of the, the reverence reverence piece which is um 
we're about ready to enter into something liturgically that is the fulfillment of the promise and the the reality of right now like G, what Jesus is going to be doing in these you know days with the church and for the church and in the church right now right. and so we're going to experience it in a new way so like stand right you know like focus um so that we can do this together not just you know right and and when when we hear that in the liturgy that that phrase you just mentioned we when we hear anaphora that that involves the anamnesis and the epiclesis so you have the anamnesis is the remembrance part that's mm. the calling to mind so and what that means is when christ calls something to mind it's not just he remembers something that happened in the past he's bringing that reality to the present so when i remember something i'm bringing it in a sense to the present in my mind but when christ does that when we ask christ to remember something he's literally bringing it into the present now because he can because he's god and so there, there very much is this stand aright, stand in awe. You know, we have human weakness, so pay attention because something amazing is about to happen. And if you're not paying attention and if you're not ready to be standing in awe of this, you're going to miss it because yeah. it, it is that deeper, mysterious reality that, that, that we have to prepare ourselves in order to receive in its fullness. Yeah. Well, I like that. Yeah, the, the remembrance and then the presence. So. Yeah. so anyways, so that's the first one. Second one is uh, petition and intercession. I think that as as we're entering into Holy Week, Christ is going to be doing something and in the church that is new. Um, so we have uh, ways in which we can unite ourselves in reverence and gratitude to those to these moments, these different particular moments with particular petitions, particular intercessions, particular persons, um, you know, the people that are going to be entering into the liturgies into mm-hmm. the for the first time, like uh, the people in RCIA, the catechumens and the candidates, um, so that, you know, we're not coming just to receive something. We're also bringing others. We're bringing the, the people in the world who do not know God and who do not love God or people in our families who do not, who have, as of yet, haven't yet really experienced... Um, the saving knowledge of, of Christ yeah. and the sacraments. Um, so we can, we can really take persons um, in our heart to the liturgy and present them, you know, present them as the ones who need to have their feet washed, the mm-hmm. ones who need to have, um, I don't know, to, to help Jesus carry the cross and whatever else. Yeah. So the Simons. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's more, like th- Jesus is about ready to win like an inestimable sum of grace and kind of treasure um for us right. um he's going to through his own merit he's going to win for us like you know all of these all of this grace all of this um access into God um so if you know that you're about ready to come into a huge sum of money mm-hmm. like you would start making a list of these are all the things that I need I'm getting I'm getting a new countertop. I'm yeah. getting new granite countertops. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um but uh but for for us like we're not just financially, you know, going to have a windfall. We're actually going to have a spiritual windfall and then say, what can I do with all this? You yeah. know, is it just for me? Is it just for me and oh, I now I'm okay. I I mean, I was on I was on some kind of uh caddy medicine or whatever. I was in a very bad mood this morning, and I was like, you know, if you think Christianity is just about you, 
dream on. And uh, part of it was somebody somebody in the crowd just seemed like they were really uninterested in what I had to say. Uh-huh. So I was like, all right, well, then I'm going to. So that's not really that good. Yeah. Um, Congregation attitude affects <laughs> us. I know that for sure. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I mean, like, this isn't about me. This is about the church. Mm-hmm. And I want to present others for um, for healing, for for saving, for whatever, along with myself, yeah. you know? So um, really, you know, come up with what, is, what are the things that you want to ask Jesus for? I mean, this is like the holiest of holy days, yeah. um, you know, uh, the, the Triduum. So, and when we say the Triduum, we mean Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and the Easter Vigil or, um, you know, Easter Sunday. Right. Um, so, yeah, I remember when I, uh, when I did my sister's wedding uh, Teresa Lachlan and like the wedding, you know, our, our services in the Busy Church tend to be longer and most more than most Americans are used to. So you have people coming to a wedding, of course, that have never been busy in liturgy. Many of them have never been to a mass or Eucharistic celebration. They're right. just kind of distant friends. And I remember thinking, like, this is gonna be a long, like an hour and a half long ceremony. And so at the end of it, when I could see some people, like though even those of my own family that aren't Catholic, I could see them starting to get a bit worn out, you know, just because they weren't they didn't appreciate what was going on here. And I just said, you know what? At the end, I said, I want to thank everybody for coming. You know, welcome to a, a liturgy, welcome to a U66 celebration. You've just witnessed something, the thing that is the most important aspect of our life. In other words, and for many of you, this might have just been an hour and a half that that should have been like, you know, 20 minutes because most mm-hmm. weddings are, you know, mm-hmm. in the secular world. So but what we've what you've just experienced is is why we are happy it's why we are joyful it's why we are christian and so just to know if you have any questions about what just happened or if you want to appreciate it more after hearing that to this massive group of people it is the most important aspect of their life that should that should spurn curiosity you know spurn why is it so important to these people and there's something about that that during holy week we can say the most important thing in the world is about to happen on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So how do I prepare myself to see it for what it is? How do I prepare myself to, to like you said, man, I, w- I always thought like what you talked about windfall of money. Like if I knew that I was going to become a Supreme court justice or the president of the United States. And like, I knew a week ahead of time, it's like, how would you change your life for such an Im- important role? Yeah. You know? And, and as soon as Christ dies and rises, we are, we re-enter you know, outside of space and time into the fact that we are Christians, the fact that we are saved, the fact that we are offered eternal life, the fact that we are reborn and receive new creation. All these things happen because of the death and resurrection of Christ. So if we're about to become this new role of entering into the life of the Trinity itself, how do I prepare my heart to to receive that gift and to fully appreciate it? So it really is and, and, you know, the whole all of Lent is for that, but we're human. 40 days is a long time to yeah. kind of keep one idea in our mind and yeah. to kind of try to stand it off something. But, but you know, a week or three days, that's more doable. You know, I should be able to kind of keep a, a mindset, what we call a watchfulness, a watchfulness to what is about to happen in the course of this week much more easily than I can over the course of the 40 days. So if you're hearing this on Thursday, you're, you're, it's right at the beginning of the Triduum and, and yeah. you, you, you know, be human, be weak, but also try to spend this time being receptive to the, the way that God is preparing your heart to receive the greatest event of all time. Yeah. And the people that are going to benefit from your reception more, the, the deeper you receive the graces that are offered, 
by attending, and I mean that, by attending the liturgies, um, then this is the grace that you're going to be able to share with other people throughout the year, mm-hmm. you know? And most people don't go on retreat. They don't. Right. Like, they don't They don't have time. They have, you know, jobs. They have kids. They have whatever. I mean, I still think it's a really good idea, at least, you know, once a year to take a few days of, of prayer and, and silence. But... Um, if you if you can't you know go on retreat, then go to the liturgies because this is what's going to feed and inform your heart, your prayer for the rest of the year. Yeah, and, until the next Easter, and we're not going to be doing the same thing. It's not like okay, you missed it, but we'll do a rerun. You know, in a week. no, it's this is these is the one time. This is the one time that you can go and reverence the cross. Mm-hmm. This is the one time that you can go and don't you guys. Uh, lay Jesus out on a beer. Yeah, so there's like a shroud with it with an icon of, yeah. of the dead Christ on it. Yeah. It is processed around, laid in a tomb, and then everybody comes up to venerate the five wounds on their knees. Yeah, it's beautiful. yeah. And if you don't do that, there's not going to be another time in the year where it's like, you know what? I think that sounds like a good idea. I think I'll just do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, because right. it'll be out of place. Good point. You know. Yeah. Um. So really, you know, uh, you know, be be. Uh, like do it for the sake of others, mm-hmm. and again, leather chap segue right into my next point. <laughs> um, so then, actually enter into the liturgies by being not just a spectator but an active participant. Right. Um, that's what we're called to. Like through Vatican II, they they called for um, what was it? Virtuous and actual participation in the liturgy. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you have to be an usher. That doesn't mean you have to make the lemonade for the party afterwards. It means um, really entering into the liturgy in such a way that you you are prepared for it. You're active. You're entering into it, and your heart is engaged. Um, and the way in which I said for our um, RCIA uh, elect to do that is pick a character. Like, assume an identity in a way. Like, become a method actor um, in, uh, in, the, in the Triduum. Mm-hmm. So, like, pick a person that you know is going to be, like, in these events and, like, see it from their perspective. Right. And if you can, like, assume the disposition that they would have. Because if we are a follower of Christ, if we're other Christ, you know, this is a supremely important event. It's not just something that I just have to go to and sit through and kind of just, you know, okay, I I clocked in. I, you know, you got to show up for the Christmas party. You got to show up for, you know, like team building day, right. you know, at your job. It's like this is the way in which we become better Christians by really mourning Christ. Yeah. By la- allowing the one that we love who has done so many good things for us um, to lay down his life for us, to give himself in the Eucharist, to actually die, to forgive us from the cross. Um, all of those things will have more meaning if we are assimilating um, and incarnating the disposition of one who really does love Jesus yeah. and really uh, is is completely shocked and horrified at the graphic nature of of his of his suffering and death. Yeah, if you if you put yourself in the place of those whose actual human life was very much affected by his death, 
I mean, his mother, his apostles, John, Mary Magdalene, you know, it, 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 their, their human life was so drastically affected by his actual human death. And if you, if, you, know, you, know, you talk about being method actor, if you put yourself in their place, it can be, it can, we can get a, a taste of how much his actual death 2,000 years ago really did affect our current life. We just, we just don't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's something about, you know, I, I, when I was doing hospital ministry when I was a seminarian, Someone said to me one time I walked in, they go, oh, you're Christian. I said, yeah. And this guy says, you know, I've been in this hospital bed for going on six months now. Like Jesus only suffered for three days. Like for me, it's been six months. Like I have it so much worse than mm-hmm. him. And I, it took me back, of course, for a second. And I said, well, I see where you're coming from. I mean, there, there's something you – Jesus is suffering in death because he was divine, of course, and because of the immensity of – his understanding of what he was doing and who he was doing it for and the fact that those who he's dying for, many of them still won't listen or be saved. You know, there was an immense agony that he went through. Um, But one thing that we cannot, you can look at, you can scour the Bible looking for ways that Jesus does not understand you. I can, I can read the Bible and say, well, my life is so different than his, or, or he never touched on this issue in the Bible. And that's my issue. So I'm in a sense separated from him in that reality. But every single one of us was conceived and born and every single one of us will die. Mm -hmm. So the fact if meditating upon his death is meditating upon, he became me, he became a human being. He became one of what I am, and I see that especially in his death. Because everything else he did, I might may have some excuse why he doesn't understand me. He doesn't know who I am because he didn't do that exact thing. But I, I am going to die, and so the fact that he died shows right there that one of the most, you know, the most fearful and deepest aspects of our humanity he is now undergoing so i can unite myself with him in the fact that 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 i am immortal i'm going to die and that he chose to be immortal in that way and to die Hmm. yeah and to follow up on that the um i have a friend Ela. greetings um Ela finds it really difficult in a way to to like assume this kind of um like perspective where you really allow Jesus to die because then Easter Sunday rolls around and it's kind of like, holy cats, like what just happened? Like I'm still like sad, you know? (laughs) Well, that's good. That's really good because like now you're, now you're the disciples. You're the disciples and everybody's just like, dude, he rose from the dead. It's like, no, he didn't. Yeah. Like, no, he really actually did. And then there's the, you can start to, savor in a way the incredulity of no i actually saw him die right and i know you're saying this but this is weird you know so um i'm not saying like try to trick yourself like do some sort of like mental game where it's like no he's actually dead but he's getting alive you know Mm -hmm. but like if you if you really allow yourself to feel that then the joy of having him back and not just having him resuscitated but resurrected mm-hmm. is a completely different reality. Right. So that's it. Amen. That's all I got. Amen. I like it. I'm out. All right. Yeah. We we need, I think, especially those of us who are getting older and the years fly by so quickly, we need kind of a new meditation every year going to Holy Week because we know this should be life-changing. But 
as we get older and time flies, it just seems like, oh, we're, we're back to this again, you know? So right. having something new and fresh to meditate upon. And so I hope this has done that for these listeners. So I've done it with it for me. So yeah. thank you, Father. Good. Um, okay, so first off, to all my RCIA peeps, um, I'm really excited for you. Keep the faith. Um, you only got a few more days left. The other thing is, uh, I think I've heard that Scott, Michael... And Tony, listen, in my RCA group. Nice. I don't know who else. But if I'm missing somebody, I'll get lambasted whenever I see them on, on uh, Thursday evening. <laughs> nice. Okay. And certainly so. All right. Are you done with shout-outs? Well, I just, I did one. Okay. Do you want me to do the rest of mine? Uh, It's up to you. All right. How uh, long did we go? What? How long did we go? I'm not paying attention. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say. <gasps> Have you seen that clock move? The loon clock's broken. It loon clock did not break. I think the batteries ran out. Oh. That or... Um, Do your greatest loon impression, then. We need it on here. Yeah. I was literally watching it the whole time. <laughs> and being like, okay, good. We got two more minutes before the loon. Okay, we got two more minutes before the loon. And then all of a sudden, I looked back up. And I was like, hey, wait a second. It didn't move at all. Hey, wait a second. Anyways... <laughs> Um, I need to find some batteries for yeah. that. So, uh, yeah. The the minute hand, the second hand's kind of doing death twitch. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> wondering if somebody pulled out the battery. Oh. I have a new roommate. Uh, so Father Mauricio <laughs> Bermudez just moved in. Um, he is a priest of the Archdiocese of Denver. He's going to help out at, um, at Cabrini for the next year. Um, so maybe he got sick of the loon. <laughs> well, like I said, the second end is doing a death twitch, so there's some power coursing through it somehow. That's it's right. Like throw it, death throws. That's it. Um, I, I did have one more. Okay. Um, so the, the Mondragons, um, they, uh, they bought me a shirt for Christmas that I forgot to thank them for. I sent them a thank you card, but they actually are faithful podcast listeners. Nice. So uh, they got me a shirt that says, The Sermonator. Oh, yeah. I like it. Thank right. you. Quick shout-outs, and um, I got a handwritten, we love your yes. handwritten cards, handwritten card yes. uh, to my rectory uh, from Chuck and Annie Fulkerson, and they say, you keep us company during our workouts at 4.45 a.m. You guys are crazy. Before our toddlers wake up, uh, please know that you've helped support my husband and his relationship, his new relationship with Jesus and her deepening relationship um, they invite us if we're ever in Houston, where they live, or in Pittsburgh, if they happen to be there where she grew up. And uh, they gave us a check for nice. a lot of money to buy either more equipment or, if we don't need any more equipment, then a bottle of Blanton's bourbon or Thank a bottle you. or more of Blanton's bourbon, which we, will, which we will enjoy immensely, whatever we do yes. with that. And then she puts a PS at the bottom. Please tell Father John that I started drinking the Balthazar Kool-Aid with prayerful study. <sighs> So we got, we got her. Father John got her in Balthazar. So check it out. Amen to that. And Folk uh, fitness. <laughs> yeah, is that right? Uh, I think so. You're looking at the check. I looked at it before. Yeah, folk fitness. Folk fitness, <laughs> folks. And get uh, on board. I have to say, Annie, you have the most amazing handwriting. Like nice. I am, I am very envious. I have ADD handwriting, which is horrible. So. Anyway, all right, and then some. Let's do quick email shoutouts, and all of these Get-a-dip. are people who are receiving sacraments or coming into the church this coming Sunday. Cool. So Pascha on Easter. Sweet. So uh, my husband and I will both be confirmed this Easter. Congratulations. Feeling excited, nervous, scared, and super pumped from Steph and Mike and Engelbrecht. Roller coaster. 
Shout out to you. Say what? I'm just doing the background music while you, while okay. you do like that. I'll uh, condemn it. From Elizabeth Gonzalez, shout out after my aunt Susan Calvo, currently in RCIA and coming into the fullness of the Catholic Church at Easter, at which time I will become her godmother niece. Beautiful. Cool. From Elizabeth Gonzalez. Uh, next, to my wife, Samantha Willits-Rostin, who introduced me to this podcast. I am now in RCIA, thanks to her. Thanks for everything, including the banter from Brian Rostin. Thank you, Brian. Shout out to an RCAA catechumen, Ashley Smith of Mena or Mena, Arkansas. Shout out to you. Congratulations. And from Samantha Rostin. Is that the same as before? Oh, from Brian. <laughs> Maybe they both did shout out to each other. That's hilarious. They, they did. That is hilarious. From Samantha to Brian. They don't know that they just shouted out each other. To my husband, Brian, receiving this first communion and confirmation at the Easter Vigil. We listen to your podcast each week, and it has played a huge role in his catechesis and bringing a solid Catholic foundation to our marriage. So they shouted out each other without knowing, I'm guessing, which is surprise and beautiful. So, yes, God bless you all. Welcome to the fullness of the Catholic Church. We love it, and I'm sure you will, too. Good. Even though it's a roller coaster. All right, last point. I forgot to mention this before, um, but um, uh, I have received an assignment change, which we are all happy about in part because um, uh, it means that I'm not uh, moving super far away so that we'd have to find somebody else to do the podcast. Um, but um, I am going to be pastor of St. Joan of Arc in Arvada. Uh, welcome to Pastor Land. You deserve it. Congratulations. Wearing my big boy pants now. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, to all the people at St. Joan of Arc, um, you have absolutely no idea what you're about ready to get into. Get ready. Unless you listen to the podcast, which if you do, <laughs> then um, uh, you've known for a while and are either really excited or terrified. Um, so... Um, to all the people at St. Joan of Arc, I'm certainly praying for you. Uh, to all the people of Cabrini, uh, it's been uh, it's been super chill. We got three more months together. Like I said, uh, don't freak out. Uh, we'll be together uh, for the next next three months. But then I'm off. I'm loading my covered wagon and heading out to Arvada. So. Congratulations! Thank you. So please pray, pray for the communities of St. Joan of Arc, and uh, for the next three months, just pray for Cabrini, and then after that, you can forget. <laughs> Kidding. Done. Um, and then uh, certainly uh, holy protection of the mother of God. Please. As always, Please. Uh, Father John, Father Michael, Father Michael, Father Nathan, wish you all a happy Easter. And uh, we'll see you in the uh, in the new resurrection. Amen. Catholic sub podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Pray for us. Laters. Bye.